Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Good afternoon, Stevens Creek. How you feeling? Yeah, awesome. What an awesome worship set. And I'm just so grateful to be here. I'm grateful that the Lord was merciful to us. Um, I don't know if you were uh, outside on Friday, but it was like too hot to even be outside Friday. I really didn't believe y'all when y'all told me Georgia was hotter than uh, Florida, but I trust and believe you now. It's uh, Lord, whatever you're cooking in this season, it is over. It's finished. It's baked. Great. Thank you, Lord. Jesus, can we turn down the temperature? And he gave us some clouds the last two days, and I'm grateful. I think the sun is poking out now, but uh, I'm just glad that you came to church today. I'm glad that you are here, and if you're joining us online or watching in our video venue, we are glad you are here with us. We've been talking about transformation and um, really changing our lives by changing the way we think, and uh, uh the last few weeks we've dealt with few areas of transformation, but this week we're dealing with emotions, transforming our emotions, the things we don't really like to talk about, but uh, this is a safe space, so we're going to get into it today. We're going to talk about how to deal with how you feel. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Mark chapter 12, verse 29 and 30. Mark chapter 12, verse 39 and, or 29 and 30. And it says, the most important, important commandment is this. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for what you are about to say. Give us ears to hear and bless us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, a couple of weeks ago, I was scrolling social media and I realized that Will Smith is now 50 years old. Y'all, it was a problem for me because this is men in black Will Smith. This is Independence Day Will Smith. This is bad boys forever young Will Smith. And if I could go back a little bit further, in West Philadelphia, born and raised on a playground, I used to spend most of my days, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Will Smith, is now 50 years old. For his 50th birthday party, he got back together with DJ uh, Jazzy Jeff and they were playing some of their old hits and I was reminded of a song that they recorded before I was born in 1987. The song was Parents Just Don't Understand. Now, uh, that song was depicting and trying to communicate the fact that sometimes parents didn't understand what young people were going through and how they were... uh, dealing with different emotions and feelings. And uh, in our scriptural text today, I would submit to you that Jesus probably felt the same way. He felt that they didn't understand what he was trying to say. In Mark chapter 12 and verse 29, it is literally Jesus repeating what is said in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You see, from generation to generation, God has been trying to communicate this very message to his people. That I love you and I want to be in relationship with you. That I desire to be close to you. That I desire to be in communion with you. That I want to talk with you, walk with you. I want to 
be in relationship with you. This is the message that Jesus was trying to communicate. He was trying to tell them in stories earlier that it's not about what you have. It's not about what you do, but it's about if you are connected to me. He told them a story about Caesar and the coins. And he says, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, but give to God what is God and what belongs to God is you. And so he's walking through these stories, but they... You know, the people are kind of like us sometimes. They were a little hard-headed and they didn't understand. They allowed their offense, the emotion of offense, to block them from receiving what God was trying to tell them. You see, they wanted to have God at a distance. And this is what Isaiah says about folks who like to keep God at a distance. Yeah, yeah, I'll come to church, Lord, and I'll do certain things, but I need you to stay over there and me to stay right here. In Isaiah 29, he says this, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts, their emotions, their feelings are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules they have been taught. Here's a couple of lessons that we learn from this. The first is that God doesn't just want your head. He wants your heart. He's not only wanting you to believe in your mind intellectually that he exists, but he wants you to experience him in relationship via emotions, uh, via your heart. And so he's saying, I, I don't just want your head. It's good that you believe in me, but do you know me is the real question that God has for us. And the second question is, and it it really is for those of us who keep them at a distance because, you know, sometimes we like to do this. God, I've done these good deeds and I'm not doing these bad deeds, so that makes me okay. But can I tell you that God does not want behavior modification without heart transformation. He is not concerned about your actions looking right as so much as he is concerned as your heart looks right. And he wants the inverse. He wants your heart to dictate your behavior changes and not your behavior to just change because that's what looks good or that, that's what feels good. And so when we talk about emotions, we really have to kind of dive in because our emotions are all over the place sometimes. And here, here's the real thing that we have to understand about our emotions is that God has emotions And my ability to feel is a gift from God. Your emotions are not a surprise to God. In fact, they are literally part of what makes you like him or in his image. In Genesis chapter 1 and verse uh, 26, he said, Let us make man in our image and in our likeness. Meaning that the fact that God has emotions is the reason why you have emotions. And if you flip through scripture, you will see times where God is excited because something is good. Where you see God is disappointed because something went wrong. Where you see God is expressing his love because he cares. And all of the emotions we feel are a result of us having emotions because God has emotions. Well, sometimes, you know, if we're honest, our emotions get a little bit out of whack. And we, we feel sometimes that we're the only one experiencing what we're experiencing. And so God left up the book of Psalms to kind of explain and help us understand that you are not the only one. 
You know, some days you really do feel good. Jesus, you are awesome. My hands are raised and I just love you so much. You're the best thing since sliced bread. There's nothing better than you. And then 30 minutes later, you're like, God, how long am I going to wait? That job still didn't call. Things are not working out. My kids are acting crazy. Lord, when are you going to answer for me? And sometimes we get even further left and we just say, Lord, are you going to deal with that enemy? If you cut them off, let them stub their big toe, trip on a rock oh maybe that's not that's just me y'all save sweetly save my bad but here's the reality psalms gives us a picture of the roller coaster of emotions and as humans we have the tendency and the proclivity to do something i call uh, we like to go to extremes and there are two extremes when it comes to our emotions The first is emotionalism. And emotionalism thinks the only thing that matters is my feelings. You hear this in culture today, how this is my truth, this is how I feel, this is where I am. And it's all about our emotions, it's all about our feelings. This is an extreme side of things. But the other extreme is stoicism. And this thinks that the only thing that matters is intellect. What I think, what I believe, and it suppresses our emotions. And so both are extremes and that's not where God wants us to live. He desires for us to live a life of balance. Live a life that is balanced, that takes into account our emotions and our intellect to walk the path that he has designed for us to walk. And there are four things that I think are um, real good tools to help us understand why we need to manage our emotions well. And the first reason is we need to manage our emotions well because my feelings are often unreliable. It's the truth. Our feelings are some, uh, often unreliable. I was reading a story about... Um, President Theodore Roosevelt and they were telling a story about when he was a child and his mom used to call him Teddy and Teddy was deathly afraid of going to church. He was scared out of his mind. He would not go into church without hanging on to his mother's leg and she had to drag him into church with her leg, his leg like that and she, she finally said to him, Teddy what is going on? Why are you so afraid of church? Why are you so afraid to go inside the building? And Teddy said, what the The preacher, he was talking about the zeal, mama. I'm afraid of the zeal. I'm afraid of the zeal. And his mom said, what do you mean? And he said, the preacher, he was reading out the Bible and talking about the zeal. I don't want the zeal. And so she finally opened her Bible and began to look at every place that had zeal. And finally she got to John chapter 2 and verse 17. And it says, and then disciples, the disciples remembered. The scripture said, and my zeal my zeal shall eat up all of my house. What happened to Teddy is he thought zeal was in the Lord's house and was going to eat him when he got to the house. And so the reality was that although his feelings were real, they were not right. And here's the truth of the matter is that your feelings may be real, but it doesn't mean that they're always right. The emotion that you feel, the prickling, the upset, all of that is authentic and genuine, but it doesn't make it true. And we've got to be willing to cipher through and really deal with that because 
If we don't, we make decisions based off of false information and false narratives. This is what the book of Proverbs says. It says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it leads to death. If we make decisions based off of our feelings that are based off of false things, we will most likely make wrong decisions. We'll most likely make a decision that ends up harming us instead of helping us. Here's the second thing that I want to show you is that we need to uh, be willing to manage our emotions because I don't want to be manipulated. Now, nobody in here wants to be manipulated, but here's the truth of the matter. If we do not manage our emotions, if we do not manage our emotions or control our emotions, what will happen is our emotions will control us and manipulate us into making decisions that are harmful for us. Here's an example. You had a bad day at work, and instead of going straight home to work, you stopped and you bought a tub of ice cream. In my house, we buy cake. Or how about this? You got upset and in your anger, you were manipulated into making a decision to say words that you never would have said otherwise. See, the truth of the matter, ladies and gentlemen, is that our emotions can manipulate us into making choices that are not healthy for us. And we do not need to make choices based on our mood because our mood is also all not, not always right. And our mood will have us looking through life through a lens that will create us or put us in the place that we've always been. If you look at life through a lens of hurt and mistrust, you will always end up at a point that you mistrust people. If you look at life through a lens of fear, you will always end up in a place of fear. Look at what the scripture says in Proverbs 5. He says, like an open city with no defenses is the man with no check on his feelings. Our feelings can be manipulated. So uh, me and my wife, uh, we watch this show. It's trash TV. I'm sorry. Forgive us. It's called 90 Day Fiance. All right. Okay. I'm not the only one. Praise the Lord. All right. So we watched a show called 90 Day Fiance, and I feel terribly sorry for this guy named Caesar, right? Caesar has been dating, I know, oh, yes. Caesar has been dating this girl named Maria for five years, right? Five years, he has spent $40,000 on this relationship. In these five years, he has never seen Maria in person. Every time they're supposed to get together, um, her grandmama left toe gets stubbed and a pinky on the left or right finger, something unique and crazy happens that causes them not to get together. Now, this time, they had bought the tickets, they were going to meet in Mexico, everything was planned, and on the day she was supposed to fly, all of a sudden, her ticket is canceled. Now, a rational mind would have told Caesar, this ain't the one, bro. Uh, Maybe, yeah. I'm not sure if Maria is real. I'm just, I'm not going to do this no more. But see, what Caesar had done is allowed his emotion of love to be in the driver's seat of his life. And instead of walking away, instead of making a smart decision, he said, well, I guess I got to go back, save up some money and go to the Ukraine and see if I can find her. Let me tell you something. 
We laugh at Caesar, but there are places in our lives where our emotions are driving the train and causing us to make irrational decisions and decisions that are contrary to the plan and the purpose that God has for our life. And can I tell you, the enemy knows your triggers better than you do. Here's what uh, scripture says in 1 Peter. He says, the enemy, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking to manipulate those triggers. He's looking to push your buttons. He's looking to put you in a place where you will make decisions that are detrimental to your destiny. So we've got to learn how to manage these emotions so that we don't fall into these traps. Here's the third reason why we need to uh, manage our emotions and understand that is because I want to please God. I want to manage my emotions because when they're out of whack, sometimes I make decisions that are not pleasing to God. Look what Romans 8, 6 and 8 says. To be controlled by human nature results in death. To be controlled by the Spirit results in life and peace. Those who obey their human nature cannot please God. Now, uh, sometimes when you prepare messages, um, instead of amen, sometimes you say ouch. Because while you're reading this stuff and the Lord is speaking to you, you're reminded of places you've fall, fallen short. So I was reminded of when I was in college and I first had a job at Zaxby's. I had a job at Zaxby's and um, I was in, uh, in there and I had a coworker who was literally all day for the whole day just begging me, will you tell me off? Will you tell me about myself? Will you call me names? Will you... Uh, well, he didn't really say it like that, but his behavior was telling me that he wanted me to really say something to him. So finally, after begging all day, I said, you know what, buddy, you can have it. Here you go. And I read him his rights from A to Z, and I said everything that I knew how to say by the grace of God. No, it wasn't. And for about 15 or 20 seconds, y'all, it felt really good. About 10 seconds later, the Holy Spirit was knocking on my heart saying, Mo, that wasn't right. And with shame, and I didn't like to do it, I'll tell you the truth, but I went to the guy and I apologized for what I said, even though he deserved it. And in the moment, I'm saying to God, but wh what about him? You saw him asking me all day to tell him. And here's, here's the reality. God is more concerned with your response than what people are doing to you. Because he is cultivating and developing in you the maturity to handle what he's trying to do in your life. The maturity to handle the destiny and the purpose and the plan that he has for your life. And if we're going to be pleasing to God, we have to manage those emotions because our human nature will cause us to make those decisions that are not pleasing to God. And the truth of the matter is Jesus can't be Lord of your life if your emotions are the Lord of your life. If your emotions are driving the car, Jesus cannot be Lord of your life. You cannot be driven by how you are feeling. There needs to be a balance and allow Jesus to drive the car. 
Allow Jesus to push you in the uh, place um, where he desires for you to be. Here's the fourth and final reason we have to really understand our emotions. And it's because I want to succeed in life. I don't think anybody in here would say, no, I I really don't want to succeed. No, 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 Pastor Mo. We all want to succeed in life. But if we want to succeed in life, we have to manage our emotions. We have to manage our emotions. Look at what scripture says here. It says people get lost and die because their foolishness and lack of self-control. I know it didn't feel right, but you got to watch your tongue. You can't just say what you feel. And if we want to succeed in life, we've got to manage our emotions, but we also got to manage our emotions on the other side because fear and doubt creep in and those are emotions. And and let me say it like this, because some of you have been hesitant in life. You have been controlled by this emotion of doubt and fear, and it has limited you in life. In fact, doubt kills more dreams than failure ever could. Your doubt Your non-belief will kill more dreams in your life than your failure ever could. And instead of believing the lies of those emotions, instead of uh, uh, accepting those as valid and true, we need to choose what God says about us. Know that he has a plan for us and walk the plan that God has laid out for us. This is what he says in 1 Peter Chapter 4, he says, from now on, you must live the rest of your earthly lives controlled by God's will and not by human desires. My human desire wants me to quit and throw in the towel. My human desire wants me to stay on the sidelines. My human desire is afraid, is insecure, has doubts. But God's will is for me to go to the other side. God's will is for me to pursue the, the destiny and the calling and the plan that he has for me. And I won't be limited by emotions that are untrue and here's the thing if we don't manage our emotions they become shackles instead of blessings if we don't manage our emotions they can cripple us and hinder us and so when you see these kind of emotions rise in your life here are three things that I want to challenge you to do three things and the first is to name it You got to be real and authentic about this emotion. What is it? And the reality is, if you don't name it, you can't tame it or change it. If you don't articulate what it is, and uh, brothers, husbands in here, y'all know this is probably the scariest situation. You uh, You come home and say, hey, babe, how you doing? I'm fine. Is everything all right? Mm-hmm. And see, sometimes we lie to ourselves about how we really feel. And we have to be willing to be honest enough to ask ourselves these questions. What am I really feeling? What what am I feeling? What is this? Because here's what happens sometimes. The real feeling is embarrassment. But then I get defensive and catch an attitude because I'm protecting myself. 
But instead of dealing with the real issue embarrassment, we stay on the surface with the attitude. And we've got to dig deeper and really ask ourselves this question, what am I feeling? There's another question we got to ask ourselves when we're naming it, and it's, what are my triggers? And y'all, if you're taking notes, highlight this, underline it five times, uh, star it, whatever your come back and see this again method is, but you've got to know your triggers. You got to know what sets you off, what puts you in a place where you're uncomfortable, what makes you feel insecure. You got to know your triggers so that you can name your triggers when they show up in your life. Don't be ruled by your emotions. They are supposed to be an asset, not a liability. And so, not only do we have to name it, but after we have named it, we need to challenge it. Look at what David says in Psalms chapter 26. We, we, we don't need to just identify it. Now we have to work with it. We need to challenge it. He says to God, put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. Look at what's going on, God. And you need a real friend, y'all. Sometimes we can't do this on our own. And here's my description of a real friend. A real friend speaks well of you behind your back and tells you the truth to your face. You need some people in your life who will tell you, you out of pocket. That's way out of line. That's not okay. You went too far. I think you overreacted. I think you need to apologize. I, go back and apologize. You need somebody who is willing to ask those questions of you. And you need to ask these kind of questions. What am I really upset about? What's the real reason I feel this way? What's the real issue? Has it triggered an insecurity in my life? Has what just happened made me feel uncomfortable, made me feel unsafe? What is the real reason that I feel this way? Is the next question that you have to ask is, is what I'm feeling now true? I know it's real. Whatever the emotion is, anger, um, you know, you learned it in pre-K. Whatever the emotion is, I know it's real, but is what I'm feeling now true? And then the last question you want to ask yourself here while you're challenging it is, is what I'm feeling helping me or hurting me? You know, if I see a dog that's running, I hope my fear causes me to run in the other direction. That's very helpful. And I hope it gives me the endurance to outrun that dog or jump higher than I normally would. That's important. Yo, y'all never been chased by a dog. Okay. But sometimes what we're feeling is hurting us. It's hindering us. And we need to ask these questions. Is the reason, what's the real reason I feel this way? What is what I'm feeling now true? And then is what, what I'm feeling helping me or hurting me? And then finally, after you have named it, challenged it, the last thing you need to do is tame it. You need to tame that emotion. It will not be Lord over your life. Jesus is Lord over your life. And we can decide to do one of two things. We can decide to change it or channel it. Channel it. 
We can change it or channel it. And changing it is good, but I'm encouraging you to take that same emotion, to take that feeling and turn it and surrender it towards God so he can use it for something good. Jesus is the perfect example of this. I, um, in John chapter 11, we see this example. Jesus' friend, Lazarus, dies. And Jesus shows up four days late and he already knew that Lazarus was going to rise, but he still is human and deals with the emotion of the day. He shows up and in John chapter 11 verse 35, we get the shortest verse of scripture, Jesus wept. But the reason that he wept was because there was so much emotion going on and he loved his friend and that love caused him to feel the pain and the hurt. But here's the... The, the truth of the matter is he did not get stuck and wallow in the pain and the hurt. In John chapter 11 verse 38 it says, And Jesus being again deeply moved goes to the tomb. You see, instead of changing his emotions, he channeled it. He took these emotions and he stood at a tomb and he said, Roll away the stone. And then he declared with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And that same pain, that same feeling of emotion, of hurt, was turned into something that got used for his glory. And can I tell you, God will take your ashes and make beauty. He will take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for your good. That same emotion that was detrimental to you, if you will channel it, if you will surrender it to God, God will take it and do something great with it. He will make something beautiful out of it. He doesn't want to waste any pain or waste any emotion. So in order to do this, we've got to pray some prayers we've got to pray some prayers and I want to challenge you every day to pray these prayers the first is Lord fill me with your spirit fill me with your spirit Lord because if I've got more of you in me the less of my human nature can control me Look at what Galatians chapter 5 says. He says, when the Holy Spirit controls our lives, he will produce this kind of fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Everything that's good about you, the Holy Spirit amplifies. The more of God you get in you, the better you are as a person and an individual. You will see more joy in your life, more goodness, more kindness, and more self-control. Here's the second prayer that you need to pray every day. Lord, help me to control my mouth. Y'all, if I'm honest, this one's a little hard. Sometimes I pray this one begrudgingly, like, Lord, help me control my mouth. Because it's hard. I want to say what I want to say. I, I want to respond back. I, I want to do that thing. But it's not helpful. Look at what it says in Proverbs. He says self-control means controlling the tongue. I, I got to be careful what I confess. Because what I confess becomes my reality. 
Scripture says life and death is in the power of our term. And so if we are going to say things, here's the third and final prayer I want to encourage you to pray. God, let my words be your words. Let me say what you say about me. Let me say what you say about my future. Let me say what you say about my family. Let, let me speak your words over my generation and the generations that are coming after me. Lord, help me to manage my emotions so I can do what you've called me to do. Be who you've called me to be. At Lee University, my school, they, they say a benediction at the end of each chapel, at the end of each service. It's from Psalm 19. And it says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. God, I want my words to reflect your character. And I want it to be in alignment with what you are doing in my life. And here's the bottom line. The bottom line is our emotions are a blessing from God that enhance our lives when we control them instead of allowing them to control us. If I could paint the picture like this, the emotions are supposed to be along for the ride, not driving the car. Because if they're driving, you're going to end up in the ditch. You know, you got that one friend you don't allow to touch your car. You're not laughing because you're the friend they don't allow to touch that car. Great, okay. But they're supposed to enhance our lives. They're supposed to be an addition. They're not supposed to be in charge. And when we realize that, we can surrender those things to the Lord, surrender those places. And many of us in here will say, Lord, there are a lot of places that my emotions are right and in check. But there are a few places that it's out of control. And I need your help. I need your help. And for some of you in here today, the decision you need to make is just to say yes to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm not perfect, but I'm willing to give you a try. And I want to pray for, for you today. Let's pray. God, thank you for this moment in time. Thank you for declaring your words over us, God. Thank you for showing us that emotions are a necessary part of our lives, that they reflect your character. But our emotions were never intended to get out of control. But you have allowed them to be assets, not liabilities in our life. And so God, I pray for the places where they're out of control that we will be able to name them. That God, you would... Give us the honesty on the inside of us to challenge it authentically. And God, would you give us your grace that allows us to tame it. And God, we can't do it in our own power, but your word declares that your strength is made perfect in our weakness. So God, right now we surrender our weaknesses and we say, Lord, we depend on you to be strong. We surrender our shortcomings and we say, God, we depend on you and know that we, when we depend on you, you will not fail us. You will not leave us. You will not forsake us that we can trust in you. 
And God, for the person who is wavering between trusting in you today, I pray today is the day that they say yes. That they pray this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, save me. Change me. Make me into the person that you want me to be. And God, we just believe you now to radically transform the emotional health of every individual under the sound of my voice watching online, that you would move in our lives, that you would allow healing to take place, God, like never before change us. And we will give you the honor, glory, and praise because you deserve it. In Jesus' name we pray and every believer say amen, amen, and amen. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to StevensCreekChurch.com and click the Give button. See you next time.